0: Hi, whenever you're listening to me, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakali and today I bring you another edition of my special briefings. Ericsson is one of the world's biggest telecom equipment makers, supplying gear to more than half of the world's telecom operators that are rolling out 5G networks today. The Swedish company has had a presence in India from 1904 and today it has more employees in India than at home, spanning operations and R&D. As India prepares for 5G with operators conducting trials, the opportunity ahead is one of unleashing tremendous innovation that 5G can enable. Magnus Iverbring, Chief Technology Officer for Asia Pacific at Ericsson, tells me. But it will also take time for mass adoption given the decadal evolution of each wireless standard typically. To put things in perspective, even though 5G has been rolling out in different markets around the world for about 30 months now, some 176 live commercial 5G networks are operating already and Ericsson is a supplier to 97 of them, 4G wireless will still have more subscribers in 2026 than 5G, he will bring points out. By the end of 2026, Ericsson forecasts 3.5 billion 5G subscriptions globally, accounting for around 40% of all mobile subscriptions at that time, 4G will remain the dominant mobile access technology by subscription over the forecast period. During Q1 of 2021, that is the January-February-March period, 4G subscriptions increased by approximately uh, 100 million, exceeding 4.6 billion in total, equaling 58% of all mobile subscriptions. It is projected to peak during the year at 4.8 billion subscriptions, before declining to around 3.9 billion subscriptions by the end of 2026, as more subscribers migrate to 5G. The net addition of mobile subscriptions was quite low during Q1 2021 at 59 million worldwide. This is likely due to the pandemic and associated lockdown restrictions, according to Ericsson's latest mobility report. India had the most net additions at more than 26 million, followed by China at over 6 million and South Africa at more than 2 million. By 2026, India could have as many as 330 million 5G mobile subscribers, Ericsson projects in its report. The company estimates that 5G mobile subscriptions worldwide will exceed 580 million by the end of 2021, driven by an estimated 1 million new 5G mobile subscriptions every day, the forecast, which features in the 20th edition of the Ericsson Mobility Report, shows that 5G will become the fastest adopted mobile generation. In India too, the technology is there, the equipment is there. What we need now is to have the radio spectrum becoming available on reasonable terms for the operators to launch their services, give a says. Here's more from our conversation. Magnus, uh, thank you so much for uh, making time for this podcast. Uh, Welcome. And uh, for people uh, who are not familiar with your work, of course, in India, folks know about Ericsson's uh, long association with the telecom industry. But uh, uh, more specifically, maybe you could start by uh, giving us a snapshot uh, of Ericsson's operations in India, as well as your work. On your website, I saw that uh, the India presence for Ericsson goes back 100 years. So that was something interesting that I learned. Uh, Over to you, uh, and then we'll go from there.
1: Yes, thank you, and uh, thank you for having me here. Great pleasure to to be with you. Um, indeed, uh, Ericsson is a is a very global company uh, coming out of Scandinavia. We started in the very early days to be present all over the globe. Uh, as you said, we've been in India for over a hundred years, I believe. We started operations in India nineteen oh four already. Uh, manufacturing, we started, uh, um, I think, uh, early nineties. Uh, so indeed, we've been here for a very, very long time. And also, India is a country where Ericsson has the most employees, far more than what we have in, in Sweden, the original country. And so indeed, um, we're happy to be in India. It's a fantastic market. And of course, we're happy to serve the mobile operators uh, in India for the Indian community.
0: And uh, Since 5G is kind of the flair of the times uh, today uh, in the telecom industry. Uh, Explain to us in simple terms uh, why 5G is important. Is it basically the next stage in how technology keeps evolving, or is there more to it? Is there something more uh, fundamental that is changing uh, because of 5G?
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, so so it's a good question. In the mobile generations, we've stepped up, right, a new generation. And as it has come out, it's not by been by definition but it's every 10 years about we've been launching a new generation and first of all it's important to understand that during the lifetime of one generation it evolves a lot its abilities are being enhanced and of course its penetration is increased greatly Um, but then once in a while we sort of need to take a bigger step And that's when we introduce a new generation and we can introduce some uh, larger updates to the technology Uh, that makes sense. Um, So if I give an example here, the fourth generation that went into uh, um, operation about 2010, um, it's now uh, the leading technology. It will still be so in 2025. And um, we believe there will be 3.5 billion 5G connections. Still shy of the 4G connections, which is 3.9 billion. Both of them are enormous numbers, right? But as 4G continues to evolve here, we are gradually ramping up 5G. Ramping up the new generation goes faster than the previous generation because the users are more mature and more advanced services can quickly be launched. And of course, that triggers a more advanced usage from the subscribers as well. Now, um, I, I, you, you asked a little bit on why we, we take a, a step into a new generation. And as I said, it's also about maturing new technology. From the technology science. there are a number of fundamental steps that we've yeah, in, empowered systems with in 5G that makes it we're able to deliver better and better services considerably more capacity shorter delays or latency as we like to call it that means the system becomes more responsive snappier when you demand something make a command to an application you get your response much faster etc so over every step we take we improve the services and we can offer richer services with more value To the subscribers. Yeah,
0: I I, I do want to uh, come to some of these use cases a little down the line. Uh, But before that, uh, give us a sense of uh, the scale at which new infrastructure has to be deployed uh, for uh, large-scale 5G rollout, Uh, of course, around the world as well as more specifically in India.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, if you look around the globe now, it's uh, catching on very quickly. Um, It's been live and kicking for about 30 months, and uh, there are already 176 live commercial 5G networks. Ericsson is applying to 97 of them, and the number is increasing very quickly. Now, what's the advantage of having this global scale? It's clearly that it drives volume. Volume drives down the cost. It becomes easier to use um, devices, so smartphones as an example, which are more affordable. Already, although 5G hasn't, hasn't been commercial for very long, there are over 900, I think 938 new commercial devices launched that supports 5G. And with that massive amount of new kinds of devices coming there, volumes goes up quickly, cost of them goes down. And I think it's an interesting thing I, I saw in a, in a newspaper here not long ago, two months ago, I think, in India, that India is already the fourth largest market for sales of 5G-capable smartphones. And that's even so that 5G is not yet launched. So I argue when the spectrum, the radio spectrum licenses are ready to be handed out to the mobile operators. India will be very ready and, and capable to solder on 5G services.
0: Mm. And you've already been conducting trials uh, with uh, Airtel, uh, for example, and, uh, and I also saw a recent uh, press release about uh, one test on the outskirts of uh, Delhi. What are, some of the, what are some of the early findings you know, that are worth
1: highlighting from these tests? Well, it. These tests are, of course, very good because it's hands-on using real equipment. And I'd like to emphasize there that when we do these trials, I should say, really, it's not a, a test can be also interpreted that it's something that is in lab conditions, so to say, we're doing trials of commercial equipment and we're using commercial smartphones with the commercial infrastructure, the radio base stations and such, and. It gives hands-on experience for the Indian mobile operators and other players who participate in these trials. And what we can see is great. We see, uh, I think in in um, coverage trials here, we saw that we could connect easily with having a what's called the distance between two radio base stations up to 20 kilometers, considerably over the um, uh, requirements stipulated locally in India for this kind of equipment. So I think it shows that it's very ready to be there and provide coverage, not only in city centers, but also suburban, uh, residential suburban and going further out into rural areas. Uh, The technology is there, the equipment is there. What we'd need now is to have the radio spectrum becoming available on reasonable terms for the operators, and then to launch the services so that Consumers and enterprises in India can start to reap the benefits and use these services. And I think very importantly, to unleash the innovation power that is there in the new kinds of applications that are triggered through the enhanced performance of 5G systems. And we can see that starting now in countries where they've launched, so important for India to join in and be part of that innovation cycle that's happening in the world now. Yes.
0: Uh, At at the industry level, uh, uh, what are some of the biggest lessons uh, from rolling out 4G in India that uh, can kind of
1: help, uh, you know, maybe accelerate uh, the implementation of uh, 5G? So there are various aspects to this. Um, Of course, the mobile operators uh, have an extensive 4G footprint. And when you launch a new service based on 5G, for practical reasons, it will be more constrained in terms of coverage area. Over time, it will increase and, and reach uh, the um, coverage of the early generations. Um, but it takes some time because of it's a huge network that each operator has here in India. Um, but then a key thing is that services can fall back on the earlier generation. So a 5G service can fall back on a, on a 4G um, implementation. Sometimes there may be some constraints because the performance isn't quite there and so on. But I think it can be manageable to a very high degree. Um, so therefore, don't worry. I mean, if you have as a consumer, if you have a 5G phone, of course, you can still do your ordinary uh, web browsing and new phone calls wherever you are, where you have service on 4G as well. That's no issue. For industrial cases, it depends a little bit on how much you use all the dimensions of 5G. Uh, But to a very high degree, you can start to use 4G as well. Going forward, the focus should be on 5G. When you have it, it should be deployed because it's more versatile. And I think in, in the enterprise segment, it's been to a high degree, not yet tapped. It's still to be explored. So. The big step for enterprises to go into mobile connectivity is with 5G and that race around the globe is starting now as we speak. And again, that's why it's so fundamental, I think, for India as an example with its ambitions on digitalization to join in here early and be innovative on top of the 5G systems.
0: Yeah, I mean, tell us a bit more about the enterprise side of things. I mean, of course, a lot of excitement on the consumer front uh, because of, uh, you know, uh, entertainment, uh, faster downloads and things like that of media and things like that, you know, that everybody is anticipating. But I guess there is a a really huge opportunity on the enterprise front as well. And people are already talking about uh, private networks for factories, offices, maybe even hospitals and other uh, vital facilities. Uh, so, give us a sense of uh, how five G will change things on the enterprise front.
1: Mm, sure, and and so let's focus focus on enterprise. But just before that, consumers, and maybe we should come back and give some examples on what consumers are doing. But the really new segment is the enterprise area, and here, you know, we think that industries all over the world are driving to digitalize. So they want everything to be connected so that you can control things. You can get readings, you can get sensor information, etc. And become data-driven. So let's say you have a factory in some production flow. i give you a simple example. Yeah, You have an industrial robot it swings around and does whatever it's programmed to do. Today, you have a fairly large area around that robot that's gated off because of security reasons for natural reasons right if a human being would be close to it, it there's a risk that you may be, be hurt but let's just say you instead would have a number of senses around it so that it knows where the robot is and maybe knows where it should go and it can sense whether there's no structure, nobody in the vicinity of the robot in that moment of time in that area where the robot needs to be if you have that visibility that data available to the system then you can remove the gated area and all of a sudden you can increase the efficiency of your factory floor because less area needs to be reserved around the robot so this is a small example of how becoming data-driven using sensor data around a machine or a robot makes it safer in fact because the system knows nobody's there at this moment in time. So the robot can swing around a little bit or otherwise stop for that matter, right? And again, it releases space around the robot. One example, there are many other examples where being data driven, having more information at hand can make you optimize your factory flow. These are just simple examples. And um, we had the experience now to serve a number of factories around the globe where we've been working together with industries and see how did they used to work and how can they uh, improve the way of working let me give you a second example i think it's quite visualizing in the mind um of course safety and security for the staff is is paramount and uh, um, one thing is to monitor the quality of fresh air Now, therefore, you put in sensors. Well, earlier, they had to have wires to each sensor. It's very costly to provide these. And in a mine, obviously, you, you change the layout. So sometimes you have to rewire even more hassle. But if you're now connected to a mobile system, you can easily mount sensors here and there. And you don't have to worry about any wires breaking. And you increase the air quality by having more sensors better safety for the workers and better feeling for the workers who know that the quality is being measured more accurately so just as an example becoming data-driven more observation points for the air quality in this example easily done when you have the mobile system in a factory in this case a mine but it can be any kind of factory and you mentioned hospitals, of course, they they will over time use them as well. Um, it's a reliable systems; they're safe and secure, and improves safety and efficiency.
0: Mm. You you also wanted to go back and talk a bit more about uh, applications on the consumer front, front and uh, maybe I can ask you to connect it up with uh, one of the ideas that you mentioned earlier on about how uh, use cases are much more matured and advanced today, so... Uh, tell us about uh, what we can look for on the consumer front. I mean, beyond the you know, common things that people are anticipating in terms of you know, faster downloads and things like that. I mean, one example that comes to my mind uh, quite commonly enough is, of course, uh, autonomous vehicles, uh, uh, self-driving cars, and things like that. I mean, are there applications like that? And you know, tell us what you're thinking.
1: So I'm sure we will see that. It, it's coming. Then that that's a. a, a, a a larger transformation, of course, but it will come there. Uh, the connectivity that the mobile systems provide will, I argue, truly connect to anything over time. Um, but if we start on where the, the early days, because we're still at the beginning of the 5G era, what we've seen then is that consumers get drastically improved performance. And if the performance is better, the applications can be more demanding and deliver a rich experience to the users. And I think over the next decade, we'll see lots of innovation coming here. We will see global applications coming about. Uh, we will see local applications with local uh, content and tailored to local needs. I mean, Bollywood, as an example here in India, I'm sure we'll, we'll have much content for India, uh, as an example. Now, what's the behavior we see? Well, I mean, let me give you an example. If you take um, streaming uh, HD services, um, we've surveyed four key markets that been into uh, 5G for some time now. And we see that over 50%, some 53% are streaming HD content. Well, it turns out that 39 percent out of the 53 have either started to do this when they got 5G or clearly increased their usage. So uh, you know only uh, um, 11 uh, only the remaining there percentage, uh, which is some 14 percent, have been on the same level. but 53. Uh, percent in total 39% had, have increased or started doing HD streaming, so significantly higher interest to go in the more potent service. We see the same trend for AR, VR, we see it for cloud gaming, and again, 5G is more responsive. Like when you, when you move your joystick, it resp- you get a much quicker response from the system, so it becomes more enjoyable. Um, cloud gaming as an example, we've seen some markets here that users use them two hours more, um, per, uh, per week only on cloud gaming. And again, it, this is really taking the next logical step from services that we have in 4G, but better richer. And it's a good stepping stone to services that are consumer services that are yet to be defined in 5G that you know, is an innovation that will come about, I'm sure, as more and more people sign up for the 5G services. Coming back to, you said, the connected car here. Again, those are more in say elaborate cases in the sense that they are a bigger step uh, compared to what we have today. What I just explained was the natural evolutionary step, right? But going yet another step into it will come about both in terms of video experiences and in terms of gadgets, machines like a car being connected and guiding you while you're out and about with your vehicle. It will come, I'm, I'm for sure. I'm, I'm certain about that. Mm.
0: Uh, just to take advantage of uh, having a, a global CTO uh, here with me, uh, I wanted to know a little bit more about uh, you know, this uh, shift uh, towards uh, software. a lot of experts like you are talking about. I mean, you're telling us that uh, today software is replacing uh, various technologies that uh, earlier uh, relied on hardware uh, Uh in telecom as well. So explain this to us a bit and what are the implications of this uh, shift?
1: Well, uh, so so of course, um, if we compare to some years back, there is more software being used, of course. But then also we need to have in the back of our mind that we are we're always trying to push ourselves at the frontier of technology and for various things it's a mix of soft and hardware uh, and what makes more sense depends on the application and what you're trying to solve if i just take example with your with your um with your home pc i mean you have a general purpose hardware to do most of the processing, but you have a so-called accelerator to do the graphics on the screen because it's more computationally intense. We have similar things in in our systems on certain things. We have dedicated hardware that is uh, the more optimal way of implementing it from a energy point of view, from a cost point of view and compute PowerPoint. And um, with, with a mix of software. Over time, that mix can change. Uh, so, so uh, and with every release, we monitor what makes sense and not makes sense, right? But it's not so that it's a whole thing. It has to be judged on on what we're doing. Um, but of course, with the cloud environment, it's a very clear shift. We're going into cloud uh, enabled uh, implementation for large parts of the systems, and that enables or uh, drives uh, a larger portion of software for many parts of the system but not all of them. So again, one has to have a balance on it and see what's most optimal from many parts or angles. Mm.
0: Uh, Switching gears a little bit, uh, more specific to Ericsson India, on the tech R&D side, uh, can you give us a sense of uh, what are some of the important areas that your engineers in India are working on?
1: So, yeah, thank you. I I mean, we have a large base of R&D stuff in India. We have research, um, we have a global research team, and um, the way we work with that, uh, researchers in a certain location work in global teams in different areas. And We have uh, development teams, um, and as an example, we have a large set of of people that are looking into artificial intelligence. So the way by um, having advanced algorithms that can optimize things Uh, and add value automatically this is an area that's increasingly more and more important we want our systems to be more autonomous Uh, automation is a key thing to optimize performance and to be easier to use Uh, and there's a large set of stuff uh, here in India that deals with with that and also we have uh, stuff that or R&D stuff that looks into uh, Execution environments for cloud environments, etc. And so, and, and again, these teams are part of different global teams that uh, work on solutions that can be applied for our customers all over the world.
0: Okay, uh, just to uh, throw the story forward a little bit, uh, while wrapping up as well, uh, I know that Ericsson's among the companies that are already uh, you know, researching uh, 6G as well. Uh, so give us a flavor of uh, what kinds of things are being envisioned that 6G will be able to you know, help us do that even 5G may not be able to deliver.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's good, uh, um, our research team, yeah, they're starting to look into technology base for 6G. Um, but then coming back to where I started, we have very long cycles for our systems. So again, to repeat uh, a little bit, I'll recap what I said. I said 4G in 2026 is still larger than 5G in terms of number of subscriptions. 4G was was uh, uh, launched then about uh, um, uh, 2010, and the research uh, started um, some um, some ten years before that. Now, so in that sense, and five G, we started our research around 2010, and it was launched at end of 2019. Um, so again, it's give and take ten years uh, cycles. But so for six G, we're very very early in the phase here, and therefore, you know, we're exploring now what fundamental technology that needs to be qualified to be mature let's say, end of this decade, 20, 30-ish time frame. And then exactly how it will be used will come about later when we have more insights. And the reason I say so is that the in 5G, as it evolves, we will see how you know, for consumers, advanced gaming, etc., for enterprises, digital manufacturing will evolve. That will to a high degree be evolved here during this decade. And that will be done in the marketplace. And here, coming back to why I think it's so great timing now, if India can go into 5G and unleash it to its consumers and enterprises, because then Indian companies are part of being part of this innovation house that tries to explore the possibilities of 5G in a digitalized world. And that knowledge later, in the next step with the technology that we are qualifying for 60, will come into the definition of 60. So you see, I'm I'm trying to explain here a very long cycle game where the 60 will come into place. All the pieces will come into the place eventually, but we are gradually starting by looking at fundamental technology, but it's in very very early days. And more important to look now bring up 5G and unleash the innovation power that 5G should carry to drive the industry forward. Our researchers uh, keep track of all these dimensions, right? But uh, the market has still so much to evolve over 5G. And let me give you an example. It's maybe um, fair to say. If we just talk in terms of how fast the systems are. When 4G was launched, it was launched with 75 megabits per second. Today, 4G is over one gigabit per second. It's a fantastic evolution, right? That has happened during the lifetime of 4G. Now, 5G will evolve in a similar way, perhaps not in bitrate, but in other dimensions during its lifetime. And 4G has not stopped too long. And 5G will evolve, right? And then in parallel, our researchers will look at technology for the next generation to come about later in time.
0: Hmm. Excellent, yeah that's, that's a very insightful way of looking at things uh, Manish, so many other, so many more questions but I guess uh, in the interest of time we'll have to stop this conversation here uh, I definitely hope to keep the conversation going thank you so much for making time for this
1: Thank you, pleasure to be here, thank you
0: That was Magnus Evilbring That's it for this briefing You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favourite podcast apps I'm Hari Arakali.